I'm assuming Zulu's pulling faces as well. We just can't see it. He might be. <laughs> oh. Hey there, guys. How's it going? We good? Yeah, pretty good yeah. for a That's good. interesting week. Yes. Um, <laughs> hi, Mr. Charles Royal. Um, yeah, well, that, mm. I mean, it, it is a really interesting week, isn't it? And I, I, mm. I guess you're probably referring to the just about lockdown in every bloody state in the country now because of things um mm. i'm not going to make this too political but mm. <laughs> i mean come on except <laughs> for victoria Victor- shit. Yeah. victoria's gone we've done our share you rest of you guys can do yours now yeah <laughs> bloody buggers mm. anyway um yeah. as you can see uh, a little bit different this week, Straighty. Mm-hmm. Just the podcast. That's it. That's ah. it. You're right there, Natty. No lockdown in South Australia. Lucky buggers. Mm. But yes. But yeah, um, no, I've, uh, it's an interesting, like lots of people pivoting, working from home. Lots of people doing it hard at the moment as well. Um, it's it's a, a tough thing to go through sometimes, especially when you're, your livelihoods rely on on getting out and about, but uh, we try and persevere. We do indeed. How are you going, Zulu? Good, good. I've announced a lockdown over here in, in Brisbane, which I have noticed not at all on account of how I wasn't going outside and doing much anyway at the moment. <laughs> so, okay, I've got a question for you guys, like straight off the bat, just thinking about <laughs> lockdowns, right? Because I have a really bad habit of guilting myself into thinking that even though this is lockdown, I mean, and it's a bit different for me because technically I'm on radio holidays at the moment, so I've got a couple of weeks off, right? So it's lockdown and it's also radio holidays, so I should be taking it easy, but I do have a habit of guilting myself into I should be doing things and I should be working on things and that extends across to um, like just taking some chill time to play video games as well, right? Like, so um, my question to you guys is, have you got any of the guilt sweats going into lockdown or are you going to take it for every opportunity that it is and get stuck into some free time? Well, for me, it's been busier than it ever has been because my day job is IT support and it's... uh... Yeah, got ridiculously busy yesterday as everybody's trying to pivot to working from home. And uh, yeah, I was flat out. I haven't had a chance to really sit down and think about too much. That's good. I, I started playing Control when I was re- reviewing the Steel Series mouse not long ago and sort of figured, hey, since I now have an official reason to not do much besides play video games, I'm going to play Control when I can. So. You know, when, I, when I'm not working on a few other things, I've been sort of jumping into that and playing it, going, I, I remember how good a game this is. I 
glad to revisit it. Can you walk us through control, please, mate, for people who've never played the game before? You're missing out. Um, it's a third-person game from Remedy. It's basically uh, you you play the, this woman with sort of supernatural abilities who ends up in an X-Files-like agency looking for her missing brother and like an extra dimensional creature has taken over the agency and it's up to you to, to you know basically rescue everybody inside and work out what the hell is going on it is really really good who's it by that's uh, remedy it's on games pass i think I got mine on Epic when it came mm. out, but if it's on Game Pass and you don't have it, then you've got rocks in your head. Mm. Mate, so- I mean, Game Pass, can we just, like, bow our heads to Game Pass for the time being, please? Because I was just browsing Game Pass earlier today and just going... I, like, I'm at the stage with Game Pass where I, I do the same thing like I do with Netflix. The sheer volume of stuff that's there, I get to the stage where I'm like, I don't know what to pick. It's too hard. And I leave and I don't end up downloading anything. (laughs) And it's like Netflix when I'm flicking through trying to watch something. And I'm like, oh, I want to watch that, but I want to watch that. But if I watch that, it means I won't be watching that. And so I don't end up watching anything either. You always got to make time to watch stuff. Like there's a new Rick and Morty. Series 5 is now airing on Netflix. (laughs) Rick and Morty. Yeah. Yeah, um, it is. It gets a bit like that. You get spoiled for choice, so you go and what? What? What should I play? I don't know what to play. You want cricket body? Oh yeah, yeah. Who, who doesn't? So, do you guys? Do you guys watch Solar Opposites? Then yes, I Actually, love it. it's, it's on by my the same list. crew, right? Yeah, yeah. It is by the same bunch of people. It's also by the, the same guy also did the game Trover Saves the Universe. They're, they're all obviously connected in this weird way that they won't openly acknowledge, but you can tell there's definitely influences there. I think I like Solar Opposites more than I like Rick and Morty. They're both really good in different ways, I think. I, I like them both. I love the Solar Opposites episodes where they cut away from Corvo and everyone and just go to what's happening on the wall. Yeah, that is good. Yeah, that is good. Hey, Mackham's here. Hello, Mackham. How you going, you hot mess? Um, Natty, you guys aren't in lockdown in Adelaide, are you? I'm just going to ask that. Yet. Yet. Five cases, but all from the same house. Is that our understanding? Aw, thanks for the subscription, Simi. 38 months. 38 months, man. That's like... (laughs) Every time I see like a Simi or a Gamma or a um, Styx, it gives me an understanding of just how long we've been running a Twitch channel. Mm -hmm. Because it's... I mean, 38 months is like over three years now. Three Mm -hmm. years and two months. Mm -hmm. Um, Oh, Drop Bear, thanks for the subscription, man. Ten months in a row. You're beauty. Uh, what have we seen around the wires? What's what's hitting us in the face at the moment in terms of news? Well, for me, um, the big one is on. I saw today on Twitter, uh, Bioware Austin has announced that they're doing a presentation for the tenth year anniversary of the Old Republic MMO. So that's exciting for me. Probably for mm-hmm. the other ten people in Australia that still play it as well. <laughs> Yeah. 
Hmm? You dropped out there. What's got your news wires going at the moment? Oh, there's there's a bunch of sort of mildly interesting, you know, a bunch of laptops released, new hardware, nothing. It's ultra exciting though. It, it's pretty good timing wise, and the uh, the new uh, Burning Crusade re-release for World of Warcraft mm. has come out. So I'm looking forward to getting into that over the holidays too. One of those things I, I missed the first time around because I had a job and things to do. And then later on, the whole series advanced so much there's no point in trying to get back into it. But then when I've sort of rebooted, I'm going, you know, I might actually be able to get into this again now and not be wandering around going, why is everyone else level 300 with, like, a flying dragon? Mm. Well, you know what's caught my eye? Mm. This fun fact uh, on Twitter by a uh, community director for Agro Crab Games by the name of Lulu Boo. Um, and the tweet is uh, its quite interesting. It's a picture of an ass, but at polygon level. And the description is, fun fact, Lady Dimitrescu's ass has more polygons than the entirety of Resident Evil 1. <laughs> so in terms I... of news... I think that's right up there. What is it with the entire internet being horny for nine foot high vampire milfs? Why not? <laughs> not to kink shame anyone, <laughs> but you know, it, it, honestly, it's more the more the vampire thing that worries me than the, the milf thing, to be honest. Is it? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Because I've been know, watching vampire. I've been watching a bit of Castlevania lately, and I'm like, I'm kind of into it. Hmm. <laughs> That's more because, you know, technically a vampire's dead or undead. I mean, we could argue about that all day, but it's like, wouldn't you rather, I don't know, be interested in a live person? But then we are talking about video games. So. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would, I'm absolutely 100% interested in live people. Um, but I guess, I guess, you know, to a degree, sure, they're not live, but they're still physical. Like, there's yeah, still yeah. something to hold on. I didn't, I didn't mean like the idea of a video game character that that little cartoons that's fine I just mean like going this person is actually not alive I'm like hmm this raises some ethical quandaries interesting is it technically technically necrophilia well I mean that argument could be made hmm. I wasn't going to go down that, that road on a family friendly show but you know <laughs> since you've broken that door open with mm -hmm. the, with the with the sledgehammer big boot middle of the door bang we're there yep yep <laughs> He's really into polygons, apparently. Mm -hmm. He was a real polygon person. But then you got to remember, back in the early 2000s, everything was polygons. You know, have mm -hmm. you, if you go back and look at a video game from like 2004, back at the time, it's like, wow, this is so amazing. How can graphics possibly get any better? And you look at it now and go, oh, this is just shameful. It's like it was all made out of cardboard cutouts by toddlers. It's, even further back than that like 1996 97 like I, I still remember so clearly seeing Super Mario 64 for the first time at a mate's house and his dad was in another room playing it on the 64 and I wandered past and I was like I was to my mate, I was like what's that he's like oh that's dad's new video game I'm like okay do you want to have a look yeah sure this is the Nintendo 64 and he gave me the 
the pad and said, here you go, have a crack at it. And I was like, oh my God, he's standing upright and he's running around in 360 degree motion. What the hell is this? Even wow. just the, um, the, the amount of time that I would spend at the start screen playing with his face. Oh, yeah. I mean, you, even if you look at, say, Doom from 1993, which, just to make us all feel really old, is before a lot of the people even watching or listening to this were born. But you look at the graphics in that, and at the time, people were like, wow, I'm going to have to upgrade my 386 so I can run this. And you look at it now, and you know your random no-brand you know, mobile phone can run the game beautifully, and it's just crazy how far the technology's come. I do like the benchmark of like new appliances. Where is can it run Doom? <laughs> and so like they they get a, a little like little game and watch style thing, and all of a sudden can it run Doom? Did I see someone loaded onto like a Roomba or something and was playing it on like it was some weird stuff? And I love I mean, it. I, I saw someone got Crisis running just on the VRAM on a memory card, like on a graphics card at some point too, <laughs> and didn't burn anything down. No, I mean, if you look at an RTX 3090, that thing's got more RAM in it, like just video RAM, than pretty much every computer I've owned prior to the one I've got now combined. It's one for you. So this was September 11 last year. Uh, I remember seeing this one, a bloke who programmed Doom on a pregnancy test. Wow. (laughs) Was was running Doom on a pregnancy test. That's crazy. Um, Oh, man insane and it, it just looks like you, you wouldn't think that doom could get any more pixelated but it is it's just white yeah. and black yeah but it's it's definitely doom um i mean that's that's extraordinary and i i, I, I mean two things run through my head when i see something like that and one of them is that is extraordinary well done you sir the other one is who picks up a pregnancy test and thinks i'm gonna run doom on this like that's, a, that, that's another level of thinking Facebook's always showing me all these really cool like marble runs and like radio controlled car race tracks and stuff. I go, this stuff's awesome. But who thinks I'm going to spend a good chunk of my day planning this out and then putting it together and then videoing it and then sticking it on the YouTube for internet likes? Mm. Like, but I'm glad they do. But you think, couldn't you be doing something more productive with your time? Surely. But it's like all the all, like the speed. I go like speed running, and I'll go and watch that till the cows come home. And I think. There was one, I can't remember if it was last GDQ or the GDQ before, one of the, the submissions for the run that got in was Super Punch-Out on the Super Nintendo, two players, one controller, so they were both doing half of the controller each, blindfolded. Wow. Because punch, Super Punch-Out's not hard enough on its own, you've got to add extra <laughs> shit in to make it harder. Roxy, are you... And it's Huzzy who's joined the chat as well. Lovely to see you. Um, great to have you here. Greetings. Hello. Greetings. Uh, did I see that Xbox Cloud Gaming is now up and going? iOS and Windows 10? I did Look see that. The, um... Sorry, you go, Zulu. I was going to say, I've been playing around with it in, in preview, and I know I haven't got the camera on, so you can't see me doing the bunny ears, but I'm <laughs> doing the bunny ears. It's been in preview slash beta for, for a while, and it works. Mm. Yeah, we've had you as well straight mm. we've been mucking around in preview as well and yeah. yeah like for it to work as well as it has been working in preview um says a lot about what we're probably going to experience once it's 
properly up and going. I still have some concerns it's going to end up being like biodiesel. One of those things that's a fantastic idea when only a few people are doing it, but as soon as everybody gets in on it, the demand's going to outstrip supply and it's all going to turn to... Well, I was going to say custard, but it's mm. not going to be fun. Yeah. Oh, you mean legit, like legitimately, literally biodiesel, right? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, I, I mean, I, I, mean thought, I thought it was. Like, sorry, I thought it was like some, um, like, like great name for some sort uh, of piece of tech. No, no. <laughs> so, like you know, just, just for the folks playing along at home, there, there are sort of people out there who who can convert their diesel cars to run on like old fish and chip shop oil and stuff. Yeah. And things yeah and it sounds fantastic when you go hey cool i can run my diesel powered car for practically nothing but the minute everybody gets in on it it suddenly stops being so attractive and suddenly mm -hmm. the, the you know the waste and the diesel or the, the biodiesel they're practically giving away suddenly becomes worth a lot more and it all goes um sorry straight i interrupted you before what were you going to say um i was just going to say that yeah i did did a bit of testing with with xcloud and yeah, I'm with Zulu. It's a pretty solid bit of tech, um, and it works well. The lag was non-existent for me. I always remember I tried out Halo on it, and I I didn't. I sucked about as much as I normally sucked at, at Halo multiplayer. So I guess that's a win. Excuse me. <laughs> but but yeah, it was. Um, it's a good product. But like you say, once once you get a lot of people in on it, it's going to be interesting to see if they ramp up the. Uh, because I think they're probably using their own Azure data centers anyway to run it. And it's not they as are. if there's not enough of those flying around. So I'm sure that there'll be enough capacity for it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're running Azure data centers and they've got their own you know, AI working you know, involved somewhere along the line. It's mm. very exciting. Mm. It's interesting when I get, you know, we get the games press releases and they say, you know, coming this summer to you know, PC, Xbox One, Xbox Series X, PlayStation 4, PlayStation 5, and Google Stadia. And I go, oh, look, it's a system that doesn't exist in Australia and probably never will. <laughs> it's probably lucky to still be existing over in the States as well. Oh, yeah. It's, it's yeah. just funny when you see it coming from local mm -hmm. PR people. It's like, guys, yeah. we both know that this isn't a thing and it's never going to be a thing. Mm -hmm. Hello to Noth913L. Welcome. G'day. G'day, buddy. G'day. Are you from another country saying g'day because you know that's what Australians say, or are you saying g'day because you're Australian? We'd love to know. Um, hey, uh, we got a question here from Captain Navari, who's one of our Goa subscribers, uh, and I'm going to throw it your way, you guys. He got one. In, he got one in this week. He, he was. Uh, uh, it was or, one from last week, but he uh, said he's just dropped a a thing in Goa subs in our Discord at the moment. Going, um, hey, don't forget my one from last week. But the question is, in my opinion, there seems to be more and more remaking of games, consoles, phones. So what's been overdone? Are you sick of three years of two K sport games being the same game? Are you tired of seeing phones that all look the same, games being remade, etc., etc.? It's an interesting one. Look, I, in term in terms of tech, I've I've always been one to wait a while and upgrade to the latest and greatest. So my phone's a couple of years old. I'll probably hang on to it for another couple of years anyway, and then I'll go splash like a grand on it, buying a new phone, and then it'll last me another few years anyway. And like with computers as well, every few years I might have a go at upgrading it and then every once in a while 
just you know bust out the money but for what i do on computers even with the streaming stuff i do on computers like i don't need the the 3090s and stuff like that and they're and like i I honestly can't justify dropping 15 17 two grand on a on a on something that i'm probably going to have to replace in you know a while anyway Mm, it's interesting especially in the I, I guess from my end with the with the tech stuff, laptops are a challenge because once you get, like a, I guess what you call a baseline of laptop tech, they've all got the same stuff in it. So mm. right now, pretty much all the laptops I'm being offered a review have got an i9, uh, they've got a yeah, 32 gig of RAM and an RTX 3080. So they're all going to be amazing for whatever game you want mm. to play. So it really comes down to how is the laptop to use, what's the battery life like, but it's sort of at the point where this stuff costs so much it's not going to be bad anyway so it gets challenging going oh look i've got you know a dozen laptops which are all under the bonnet more or less the same and it's going to be like that for six months until someone you know until amd decide they're going to do them then i'll get the same systems but with an amd chipset instead of an intel one Mm. and for most people they grab it and like especially when you're talking about laptops and stuff they'll do some word processing maybe spreadsheets and watch netflix and like you don't need a, a super u-butte computer for to do that that's i mean it depends what you're doing but like i have like a a, a collection of games that i run to get a, a sample across things you know controls mm-hmm. one of them because it's great with the ray tracing mm-hmm. but pretty, we're at the point where everything on the market now can run everything super maxed out so if you get you know again a system with a you know, 3080 and i9 processor, 32 gig of RAM, and a 144 hertz refresh. You can play literally anything you like, including Cyberpunk. Just all the settings cranked up to max and go nuts. And assuming you don't go too far from a PowerPoint, you know, a lot of the stuff like battery life becomes completely mm-hmm. irrelevant. If I'm thinking of things like consoles, mm-hmm. uh, so I'll, I'll split this down into the three. So you said games, consoles, and phones. If I'm thinking mm-hmm. things like consoles, I'm kind of like. Uh, along that line of thought that you've mentioned, <clears throat> Zulu, is that, you know, both of them, like the difference that's splitting them now is what exclusives they have. Mm. So for me, that's that's where my sort of choice sits. And like, I don't think we'll ever get to a stage where um, we'll think, you know, it, like seeing a PlayStation 6 or, an, uh, or the next, you know, Series X or whatever it happens to be, means that it's too much unless they literally do <laughs> I don't, what i don't want to see is i don't want them to see to release another 0.5 like no. they have in the last generation like just just get to the next thing right so i want to see that instead of seeing a, a 0.5 because i think a 0.5 is a waste of time and it's a waste of money um just to point that to put that in context this is a good point when i was at ces in 2019 just before COVID hit. I went to a Walmart there. Yeah, I assume you all know Walmart. It was a giant store. And in their tech section, they had a cabinet full of actual, you know, new shrink-wrapped PlayStation 3 games. Not PS4, not, you know, PS5, actual PlayStation 3. I mean, that system's been obsolete for years. And yeah. they're still making games for all the people who went, you know what, this is fine. I, I don't need this newfangled PlayStation 4 or PlayStation 4 Pro. And there'll still be heaps of them now going, my PlayStation 3 works just fine. So I agree with that. I think there's going to be a market for all of them, obviously. Um, but, I mean, at some point, you know, if you want to keep up with um, 
if you want to keep up with you know the latest and greatest you're going to have to upgrade your console at some point anyway aren't oh, you that's cool. just inevitable but as far as remaking of games um i'm a big fan of games being remade huge mm. fan um especially if they take it down the way that they did final fantasy 7 remake and they because what they did there for people who haven't played it is you know they've picked one chapter of the original story and they've expanded it beyond anything that we felt we might have ever have seen so you've got so much story just inside that single chapter and if you're somebody who like one of my very first memories of playstation was playing final fantasy 7 like i used to just want to rush home to sit in front of the telly and just get stuck back into it and you know when you're opening it for the first time and you're like four cds oh my god there's so much here <laughs> um i'm i'm really excited um you know to see things like that remade because instantly i get that nostalgic kick I love that. It's a game that I loved and it's still relevant to this very day, which I found really awesome when I played the remake. Um, but also, you know, why not? Like, if we've got great stories and great games that we've had, that can still be relevant, but we actually get to play them 20 years down the track with better graphics and a few other things added in them as well, then I'm, I'm all for it. I am 100%. Why not? Go for it. Yep. And like Blue hey, Streets... Oh, I was just about to say... Like... I jumped into the Twitch and um, heard you guys talking about PS3 and I was going to say that I'm going to play my PS3 tonight. So the PS3 is well and truly not dead. Well, there we go. So, yeah. Is it? So hang on a sec, mate. What are you playing tonight on the PS3? Well, yeah, funny. You, yeah, it's a funny thing, isn't it? Um, I was going to play Sly Cooper 3 because I have not finished it and I really want to play a platformer. And I really enjoy the Sly Cooper games. So I played through the first two, yeah. probably when the PS3 was just about out the door. And I played about half of the third one. And I was like, I really enjoyed it. But I, obviously the PS4 had just come out. So mm -hmm. I jumped ship, but I've, I'd never gone back. And, you know, nowadays we don't need a PS4 if you've got a PS5. So I plugged the PS3 back in and turned it on and, saw Sly Cooper there and I'm like well I may as well finish this off so that's the plan yeah. what are these scores like this is insane like it's at least 8 across the board for every Sly Cooper that was released like Metacritics are above 75 and 80 Eurogamer except for Thieves in Time is above 8 out of 10 and the average sort of sits around about eight for all of them. I this is the first time I'd heard of these games. First time I've heard yeah, of. So yeah, they're, they're developed by Sucker Punch, who made the infamous games, and oh, wow. uh, obviously most recently what goes to Tsushima. So um, mm -hmm. they made the first three, so not Thieves in Time, um, but Thieves in Time I've heard still pretty decent as well. The only, yeah, the only little bit I played of Sly Cooper was, um, I think I sat in a demo, like back when stores used to have the demo units up the front, and I played that for a bit, and it was very entertaining um, action-adventure type sort of game, you know, I really quite liked it, and um, I feel like there's a whole market there, like, well, now that we're talking about remakes and, and whatnot, where, like, I love Jack and Daxter on the PlayStation 2. Yeah, me like, as well. 
I would love to see those games make a comeback as well. Although I vaguely remember, I can't remember if it was a rumor or if something got announced about Jack, maybe. But um, yeah, but yeah, I'd love to see them again. Yeah, so with Jack and Daxter, I think there was a rumor that they were going to go back to it, I think. Um, and they had like all this key art and information, well, not key art, just like development material and such come out uh, to the point where they actually released the PS4 case with the art for Jack 4 mm. and sold it or something. I think it was part of a collector's edition with the re-releases of the first three on PS4. So, mm. um, yeah, there's some Jack 4 art out there, but I don't know if they'll ever go back to it, unfortunately. Yeah. I just love how after the after the um, the precursor legacy, which was the first Jack and Daxter game, and then that game finished and it was just this nice sort of chill platformer. Then all of a sudden you're in this dystopian future and like it just took a hard left and became like a run and gun sort of game, but it was still so much fun. Um, Blue Streak saying that there's actually uh, a heap of Sly Cooper Easter eggs in Ghost of Tsushima. Yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised. Um, I think even in the infamous games, they had like um, the Sly logo, you know, plastered all around the cities in in those games as well. Um, haven't played Ghost of Tsushima though yet. That's one of the games I'm what? ashamed to have not played. Yeah, I know, what? I know, I don't, no. I don't know how. Get on it. <laughs> it's, it's definitely my cup of tea as well, which is. Um, yeah, interesting. Why I haven't it gotten really, to it yet? Really, really good. Apparently, so, playing through Ratfield. Um, it's like Creed and Feudal Japan. So it's a, it's yeah okay. So Sly Cooper Easter egg. It's called the Cooper Clan Cosplayer Trophy in Ghost of Tsushima. Um, and it's dressing up like Sly Cooper. So, Lovely. yeah, dress dress up as a legendary thief. Um, you get to emulate his blue and gold style with a specific costume combination. And if you knock it over, then you get the trophy. There you go. Even I'm addicted to trophies, it's probably information worth knowing. <laughs> the... Gosaku's armor. The Ocean's Guardian die, obviously for the blue and the gold. The Crooked Karma headband. The Sly Tanuki sword kit. And you throw them all together and bang, you unlock the trophy. <coughs> there you go. Wow. Nice. Wow. 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 Hang on. I do have sounds on my soundboard. I actually fixed them up, but I... Uh... None that suit that. I've got a ta-da. Do it. Go on. There we go. I did it, but you guys can't hear it because it's, you know, it doesn't go through Discord. Hey, <laughs> 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 um, for those of you in chat who are like, who's this rando that's just popped into wow. <laughs> the, um, the show tonight? Uh, this is our new writer to the team, by the way, Grumpy Goron. Um, hello everyone so yeah uh, hello to everyone and welcome brother um, just quickly do you want to chime in on that question from Captain Avari around 
what you think about remakes. Games, yeah, so consoles, phones, what's been overdone? What do you think? I mean, I do enjoy... I'm definitely a stickler for the old, the old remake or two, but I do feel like we are on a cycle now where they are a bit... They are a bit too apparent to the point where you know you can ask yourself at times where are the new ideas. Um, obviously, through through the like the multitude of indie games we get every year, that you're still getting that creative, um, that flair, that new stuff every couple of years. But um, I think there's one that that really irks me that has been rumoured for a while now, which is a Last of Us one remake. Which is obviously that game wow. came out what almost. Almost like what? How long? Was it 2014? 2013? I think it was 2013, I think, when the PS, PS3 came out. No, when the PS4 was just about to come out. So it's only been about eight years, right? I mean, is that too soon, given that there was already a remaster for the PS4? Do we need to remake it eight years on, or do we wait a little bit longer? Like, stuff like that is the stuff I sort of question. Like, that would that make more sense another five, ten years from now as opposed to now? Or maybe never. <laughs> I mean, that's an option. That's an option too. Um, I, I, yeah. I actually like the first Last of Us. I, I just think it's one of those games that is almost like Casablanca in some sense. You know, they got it right the first time. There's nothing else to do. Just leave it alone. Yeah, I was definitely a um, The Walking Dead Telltale fan over The Last yeah. of Us that year. Um, but I mean, remakes overall. Like I play, I play numerous every year. Like. A, I played the Alex Kidd remake the other day, which is obviously a remake they very well needed, given that it had been 30 years since that had come out. Mm. Um, Super Mario Sunshine, I've been playing through that because that was a game I played like almost, well, 20 years ago now that, you know, was a very important thing to me. Um, but yeah, I mean, to answer the question, I think remakes are definitely a good thing that we need. I think it's just we don't need to go too heavy on them. Yes. Let's, I mean, let's let's consider where we go back to eight years ago, right? Um, in terms of the cycle, like like I, I suppose maybe it sits around the tech cycle. There is enough of a jump from the original PS4 to what we now have in the PS5 to justify, I think, a remake of something from eight years ago. Yeah, and I and I mean I see I see that point as well, but the, I guess the thing that comes from it is. What what are you losing out on, new idea wise, to allow a current idea to be remade? It's a hot potato. It is. It is. What is the what's the last new idea you guys reckon you've played? Like a game where you've gone, okay, genuine new idea here, genuine brand new mechanic that I've never experienced before. I think I feel like we need some thinking music because that's a that's a tough question. It is a tough question. And I invite chat to join in as well. They're more than welcome to answer this particular question. Just been trying to think of what I've been playing recently. Like I I did a preview copy of Death's Door and been playing a bit of. phantom abyss but both of those like they're good games but they're still sort of innovations rather than big new things mm. i'm talking about something big yeah. and new. Mm. 
but bloody it's a it's um you know that may very well be the the, the answer like the the <laughs> mere fact that you cannot answer that question quick enough might be the answer that it's been quite some time i guess maybe for me it's going to be something like flight sims in vr because vr is only it's still fairly niche but it's only since like oculus came came about that it got really big and i'm just thinking of playing stuff like microsoft flight sim and star wars squadrons i love playing that and just being able to look up and around at stuff that's that's yeah. sort of a, a new thing making that affordable in the home is a big thing for me but yeah other than that it's you're going back a few generations to to work out something that that was revolutionary i think yeah, I, I, I'm inclined to agree with, agree with you on the VR thing. I mean, for me, it was probably Blood and Truth on the PSVR, which was like the first game I played that actually felt like VR was an integral part of the experience and not just let's port an existing game to it. Yeah. You know, there's a section where you're walking through an art gallery that does all these really cool things with perspective and, and how you're looking at things, and it only works in VR, and it works brilliantly. And when you're playing the game, you actually feel like you're in, like, you know, an action movie. It's, it's probably the last game I went, this feels like something totally new, and it's done properly. So maybe then innovation doesn't actually exist in game, it exists in tech. A new way to experience things. I mean, when you think about it, when you look at all the games, I mean, we basically have genres we divide them up into anyway. I mean, even mm -hmm. something like Control which I still think is a fantastic game with an incredible story, when you boil it down to its component parts, it is still ultimately a third-person you know, shooter. The fact that it does amazing things with that doesn't change mm -hmm. the fact that you can sum it up as a third-person shooter. Yeah, I don't think you need to do anything revolutionary with something. If you do it well, like, like being the first to do something and be memorable for it, like... We were talking about Super Mario 64 early on and the first 3D Mario game, because I'm like you, I was on a holiday in um, Europe when it, when it came out and I remember I was in Germany and I'm sitting here playing this game. I've got no clue what the text boxes are saying, but it's Mario. You run, you jump, you do your thing and it was bloody amazing. You go back and try to play it now and you'll just swear black and blue about that freaking camera and how shit it is because it's like you, you, remem you remember it because it was one of the first really good 3D games on a console. But yeah, yeah, you, you... Like Mario Odyssey now, which, you know, is increments over the years and years and years of, of, um, of platformers, of Mario platformers. But Odyssey was a, such a well-polished game that it, it shits all over Mario 64, you know? It's, Worlds and in, in, I mean, it, it, we are talking about, you know, in terms of the camera, now we're talking about like Super Mario 64 was a box this big, mm. you know, that you were working with in the world, which seemed huge at the time. Whereas like Odyssey, you're, you're working in a, you know, in an open plan and box bloody like this. And it's, it's always, you know, where the, mm. where the sort of domain sort of stops, then you've got like eons of space out there for, to get you those nice, big, wide, far, long distance camera angles and all that sort of stuff and allow you to, to do that. Um, yeah, I, I reckon the biggest, I reckon the biggest bucket of water to the face in terms of like playing a game where I went, Oh shit, this is different. 
was probably that when I when I jumped from SNES to 64. I think. But just on that point, like GoldenEye 007. Oh yeah. Which to this day I have the fondest memories of playing that game and playing it not only solo player but staying up till all hours of the morning with mates and sleepovers and stuff. You know, in amongst watching WrestleMania and beating the shit out of each other. Yeah. Right, and playing multiplayers and bazookas in the basement and, you know, golden mm-hmm. gun and this, that and the other. Giant head. And, like, I picked that thing up a couple of years back because um, I ended up winning it. I-, I won it in one of these Facebook groups, right? And it was a really nice, like, boxed copy and everything. And I slotted it back into the Nintendo 64 and it played like a bucket of shit and like yet, it was it was terrible like yeah. using the using the oh the, the, um, the c buttons to strafe and buttons, oh my god like, yeah to be like eh, oh. eh, and like you know you all the way up and then all the way to the left and then all the way to the right and you, you're just working in you know in in an axis line basically um mm. Yeah, God, it was. Just, it just felt so alien. It it almost felt like how, and the 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 answer is obvious, right? But it was like, how did we think that that was peak gaming? Mm. You know what I mean? Like, how was that design peak gaming? But it was all that they had to work with. Mm-hmm. It's, it's interesting if we want to talk about games that or, or concepts that not so much for a remake but haven't been done well for a long time i'm currently playing Solasta crown of the magister which is an old school rpg like very heavily taking influence from dungeons and dragons and it feels like a sort of modern update of boulder's gate right down to when you need to make you know a throw for initiative or attack it actually rolls dice on the screen for you oh wow so the actual game itself isn't like a new thing you know, the, the, those sorts of games have been around for, for a long 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 time but i'm just playing it going this this feels like a, a small step forward if that makes sense so but this it, is like a this is the kickstarter at the moment well it's a lie i think it's on um game pass i've got a review code it's just it's one of those massive you know hundred hour rpgs that i will review when i can get around mm. to getting a spare hundred hours to play it but it is very, very good. I'm re- I had no expectations going in. I'm really enjoying it. It's just taking me back to the days of playing the OG Fallout, um, you know, Baldur's Gate 2, uh, you know, Wasteland 2 and 3. I know Wasteland 3 was only a year or two ago, but even those games are hearkening back to, you know, sort of an, an era in the style of games people don't really make anymore. Mm. This looks really interesting. It's really good. It's the game. I- think they actually paid wizards of the coast for the D fifth edition license but don't quote me on that that's just me half remembering something i saw on the internet and as we know everything on the internet is completely true especially if it's written by me <laughs> Six thousand fans raising a total of two hundred and seventy thousand dollars. oh wow yeah it, 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 for a game that's basically being made on a shoestring it is really good so if you've got access to it it's well worth playing might have to have a look yeah because i think i know um firestorm one of the goa community members was talking about it last time we caught up he was uh he was quite uh quite or glowing about it like you zulu yeah yeah, yeah it, it has the production polish of a game done by a much bigger studio mm. 
does look good. I'm just looking at the video now. Uh, it's on Steam for 20% off at the moment. Yeah. So 44 bucks. Yeah, but honestly, Australian. I thought, yeah, I think it's worth it. I think it is worth the 44 bucks. This looks quite good. Mm. Be a good one if you've got two weeks of you know holidays or whatever, and you know looking for something to really get stuck into. The, the voice acting's a bit, eh, you know, it's not ideal, but the script writing's very good, and the combat works really well, and everything else is, is great. Is the is this a, oh it is a tactical RPG yeah it's turn based right okay yeah. it, it's very similar to when I saw turn based tactical RPG I thought cool it'll be like Shadowrun Returns or it'll be like um, uh, you know uh, XCOM or, or Gears Tactics but it, it's really more like Wasteland two and three or the OG Fallout games which is still fantastic I still but, love it a bit like maybe Knights of the Old Republic never played it nah okay I was gonna say because I'm wasn't a big PC gamer back in the day, so those games I don't have a reference for. And I thought, <laughs> I know, I know, uh, Knights of the Old Republic very well, but it was it was turn based in that, like the background dice rolls happened um, simultaneously, so you didn't have to worry about dodging. Which I always remember yeah. the first time I played Knights of the Old Republic, I tried to dodge, and I had a bad time because it just cancelled <laughs> my attacks, and then I got hit, and I was in the shit. Being Fallout 3 tried to do something similar, like your, your skills were working behind the scenes to decide if you could hit someone or not. I mean, mm. Hang on, I've got a first-person game, I'm pointing this gun at this you know, ghoul and I'm firing and I'm not hitting, even though they're like you know, two or yeah. three metres away, because the, the RNG is like, no, you suck, you suck, you failed your, your attack roll. Mm. And it was very frustrating. So, but yeah, certainly in, in Solasta, you actually see the dice roll on the screen. It's a bit, actually a bit like in Disco Elysium. We have to make a skill check, and it rolls the dice on the screen. You go, oh, yeah, cool, okay. But uh, the, the system in uh, Solasta is a lot more transparent. I, I just feel a lot more like I'm at a table playing Dungeons & Dragons, even though it's not a Dungeons & Dragons game, with, you know, like a, a proper DM and all that sort of stuff. Makes sense. Hmm. I um, can't believe that I'm about to say this, but I'm seriously considering buying Mario Golf Super Rush. <laughs> You know what you do? You buy everybody's golf and you play that instead. Really? Yeah. Why? Oh, I mean, I've just I've been following uh, the Mario Golf uh, release review cycle, and um, it's all right from what I've heard, but it's 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 nothing amazing. And whereas, whereas you could probably play everybody's golf, which is a little bit more feature depth. Um, probably just a little bit more fun based on what I've heard uh, that's PlayStation exclusive though on um, PlayStation 4 it looks good Minty believes the correct answer is not to take an interest in golf <laughs> yeah well in, 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 re in real life I don't like mm -hmm. I'm a big sports person in actual life but I hate golf as a sport but I actually don't like sport video games but I like golf video games it's 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 weird but um yeah everybody's golf probably played about 100 hours of that so play that instead reckon we should set up like a uh, a match between um nico probably dan and grumpy in the golf because dan plays a bit oh, of the I golf online doesn't he i know nico was playing the pga games for a while there everybody's golf also has a vr game 
So Thank if you ever need something that's the biggest uh, revolution in gaming in the last few years, play Everybody's Golf VR. Actually, well, tell you what is pretty impressive is Gran Turismo in VR. Ooh. I, I did that at, I want to say E3, the last year Sony were there. You know, like with a full sim ra racing rig and all that sort of stuff, and, and it was really, really impressive. How's the, um, the... Oh, what's what's the word for it? The reproduction into VR versus um, playing it on console. Or just, I, like playing I mean, it obviously it's, it's not 4K, but considering how fast you're going, I, I thought it was pretty damn impressive. Yeah, I remember when Drive Club had a VR mode, um, people liked that a bit as well. Obviously, it made a fair amount of people sick, though, um, given motion sickness and such, mm. but... Um, yeah, I have heard decent things about GT Sports. Um, it's GT Sports, I think, um, their VR mode. Mm. We, we sat... <laughs> we sat my... Um, she was 81 at the time. We sat my nonna on <laughs> in her living room and plugged her into the PlayStation VR and stuck her in a shark tank. <laughs> and she... <laughs> <laughs> and she didn't know what's coming and she's in there and she's doing the swimming like she was that into it she's doing the swimming motions with her hands we're losing our shit laughing and then this shark came out of nowhere and hit the cage and she shat herself <laughs> oh god bless VR and old people I love it I, the thing that I that interests me about um and I suppose you'll get this for, like, playing it in VR. But the thing that interests me about Super Mario Golf is just being able to recreate the swing. Like, that's the thing that I really want. I, I actually, I want to play a golf game where I can stand there. And I know, you know, the obvious answer is, why don't you just bloody get out there and go and play golf, you dickhead. But, I, well, like, like, I want to, I want to play where I'm swinging. No, the, ob the obvious answer... The the obvious answer is, why don't you go get a Wii again and play Wii Sports? Well, I've still got it. <laughs> still got me Wii. I reckon Wii Sports must have been my most played game on the Wii. Just because people had come around, you'd have a few drinks and you'd do, like, just crappy golf or the bowling or, mm -hmm. you know, if you're feeling particularly energetic, you might do the, the, the boxing. Yeah. The baseball was pretty fun too, yeah. to be honest. It was all really good. It's It's... Mm. it's weird you have like a this entire game cons console with system with one game that anybody wants to play yeah yeah with, with, tennis with, was funny when you worked out that um to do an ultimate smash all you need to do was just flick your wrist twice yeah yeah just <laughs> bang bang like that um the the thing that shits me to this day about the wii is how they stung you for tech that they had obviously planned as an add-on at some point down the track, which was the Wii Motion Plus. You know what I mean? It was like, they here's the Wii. It does all this amazing stuff, but we're going to hold off on the, um, the replicating your body's movement by around about 30% and make you pay an extra 40 bucks for this giant little cube that sits on the bottom of your bloody controller now. Here, cop that. Sounds like a Nintendo move, to be honest. Wii U. I still have my <laughs> Wii U as well. 
Yeah, I'm a sucker for I'm a sucker for Nintendo <laughs> hardware. I like I buy every Nintendo piece of hardware that's come out. I'll buy it. Like I'm an absolute sucker for it. I see it in your background there, straight. Mm -hmm. And I like that. I didn't play a lot of stuff on the Wii U. I played Zelda games, and that was pretty much it. And I think I played. Um, there it is. Look at that. Yeah, I had the black version. Um, and I played. Uh, what was it? What was that? That oh, it was Zombie U. Mm. That was a I good concept. Yeah. Right? You'd be holding that bloody thing like this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Like, such an idiot. Yeah, my favourite thing was that people referred to, like, the actual tablet as just, like, as being... They called it, like, the Fisher-Price tablet. Look at the dust on <laughs> yeah. there. Hold up, oh, hold wow. up. I'm going to replicate something here. Yeah. Hello, I know NATO. Or is it I known ATO? I know NATO. I know NATO. I know NATO. I also am familiar with the North Atlantic Treaty Organization. <laughs> <laughs> in particular, their role in holding back the members of the Warsaw Pact during the Cold War era. Yeah, that's written, right. Written help into the dust there. Um, <laughs> yeah. Because you needs all the help it can get. Help or play? Depends which way you can see it. <laughs> I didn't quite like like. It's, it's been my problem with the Switch really because a bit like like you, Grumpy. I was one of the half a dozen people that probably bought the Wii U, and I, like games like Super Mario 3D World and. Um, Oh, there was a whole heap like Splatoon and uh, they just Mario Kart. The Mario Kart we got at the moment is Mario Kart Wii with a proper battle mode tacked on. Yeah, and I, I had that problem. And um, I absolutely love the Captain Toad series of games. They're just a nice, chill little puzzle game. And like that just got a re I remember buying it thinking, oh, yeah, this is a new game. And then I just plowed through it and went, realized halfway through that, no, I've played these levels before. What probably brought a lot of girls to gaming, Natty. Batman Arkham City Armored Edition for Wii U was really good, according to Blue Streak. I got so excited that we had a FIFA game on the Nintendo Wii, and it was FIFA World Cup. And it turned out to be a like a like it turned out to be like fifteen percent of a fifty of a FIFA game. It was such a watered-down version of FIFA that I snapped the disc. Wow. I was that upset. It was disgusting. Yeah, it's, it's what they do now with the, the, the Legacy Editions on the Switch. It's just like the prior, multiple years prior's version of FIFA. They just update the rosters and, and repackage re it, basically. Yeah, Gamma's right. The WWE games on the Wii were watered down as well. The best WWE games that ever came out, still for mine, exist on the Nintendo 64. And I, like, I know you've got a lot more range in terms of the stuff that you can do with one of those games now, these days, with a, with a 2K, but they just played so incredibly well. And I think the, the, the roster of players that you had, WCW, NWO, Revenge, absolutely gam. One of my all-time favourites. 
an absolute ripper of a game. Um, but they were just they they were just so incredibly well built. They were simple. They gave you everything that you wanted as a wrestling fan. And then when I think it was Attitude was it Attitude or was it was it I think it was WrestleMania two thousand. I'm trying to remember which one started to bring in the customizable entrances and all of that sort of stuff. It might have been WrestleMania two thousand. Um, that's when it got really exciting because you could build your own shit. You could put your own theme music to things and so on and so forth. They were good fun. Well, those sort of iterations of of sporting games, particularly like FIFA's particularly bad, but, you know, the ones like Madden and all that, because that was sort of part of what Captain Avari was talking about early with his question. It was just like they get a new release every year and... It's the same game with different players. It's or updated rosters, and it's I don't know. Like I've I've never been able to get into those games, especially with stuff like that, where all that stuff could probably be DLC. I think that was Dan's classic one-liner a, a, a month ago or oh. so, wasn't it? That it's the same fucking game. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Pro Evolution Soccer, one year mm. to the next. Yeah, and Huzzy, you're right. It's the same thing with, like, the Call of Duties. And, like, they, they release one every year and, like, it's al- almost the same game for someone that doesn't play shooter games. It's, you know, it just feels the same. It's the same. Yeah. You get out there the sports, and you shoot I think things. the sports games especially are just the same thing. Mm. I feel like Call of Duty is largely the same. Um, some years they have greater strides than others, um, but sports games are literally yeah. Like I haven't, I don't think I've bought a FIFA since probably 2010. Wow! Because I just haven't. Not that I've played it since. I just, I just don't see the. I don't find the need or the desire to ever really play a FIFA game. I can't ever wonder if or maybe that's part of their marketing plan. I'm, I'm just throwing random ideas out here. But maybe they're expecting people who bought, say, FIFA 20 aren't going to buy FIFA 21, but the people who last bought FIFA 18 might. And I figure if there's... If, I mean, those things sell by the, you know, the giant, you know, cargo plane load. So they probably figure if they only sell a third of what they do of a big release, fine, it's still going to make them infinite dollars. Hey, quick one for you, before we... Uh, say say nine night. Have any of you guys been to Seattle? I have. No. Is it just generally cold a lot in Seattle? Look, I was apparently there for like the four days in the entire year that it wasn't raining, but I thought it was pretty pleasant. It wasn't especially cold. It wasn't especially hot. It was just nice. So apparently Seattle got so hot yesterday that Bungie shut its doors early. Wow. Can you can yeah, well, you guess can you guess what the temperature was? Well, British Columbia up in Canada was reporting temperatures around 48 49 I think, and that is not somewhere I associate with you know Cuba PD levels of dying from heat stroke level heat, but here we are. So you want to lock in 48 49? Yeah. All right. Straight. I uh, know I I'm going to go with 33 because I don't think they can handle the heat up there. 
<laughs> All right, Grumpy, go and hit me. I'm gonna go higher. I'm gonna hit you with like the marble bar, like 51. Okay. Uh, 42 degrees. Ah. <laughs> 42 just, degrees. That's just a summer day. Yeah. Life, mate. Nothing to worry about. You stand out in the middle of the cricket pitch and you can handle that. It's not no worries. To be fair to our American friends and our Canadian friends, heat is one of those things that if you're not used to it, it's pretty shocking. Yeah. I mean, Canadian winters are not fun. You know, minus 20 degrees outside. Everybody else is there and saying, what are you complaining about, E? It's not that cold. Yeah. <laughs> <I> can... <laughs> oh, that's gold. That's the first time I've ever heard you A do an accent, B do a Canadian accent. That's amazing. <laughs> this whole podcast was worth it just for that moment. We have ascended. <laughs> <laughs> And I've probably uh, just offended the entire population of Canada, so I'd like to apologize in advance for my yeah, well-meaning jab at the way you talk, and I'm sorry if any of you feel any offense from how I've talked about your country. Uh, in all honesty, though, like, obviously they don't experience temperatures that hot, and I mean, that's understandable, but I mean, even, you can see it here at the moment, even in Perth, like, everyone's freaking out because it's cold. Because it's under 10 degrees. love it. Oh man, I love this weather. Like I, I, I would welcome ten degree days every day of the year, without a doubt. Like tw minus twenty one in Canada sounds like heaven to me. I would much yeah. rather put on layers and layers and layers of clothing than just just having to get around in bloody shorts and a singlet because it's too hot. Yeah, bold as he does, his warming up is easier than cooling down, and he's absolutely right. Yeah. Uh, on that warm note, should we knock it on the head for a potty? I reckon so. Because I want to get into some gaming. Alright. What are you playing tonight, Swatter? I'm getting in to some... Um, I'll get the word soon. I've forgotten. The Old Republic. Captain Navarri is going to join me and we're going uh, gonna to play some of that. Wonderful. Yeah, wonderful. Um, Alright, guys. Thanks for jumping on tonight. Anytime. In lovely. Thank you for putting up with me and not grabbing the microphone and going, no, shut up, stop talking. <laughs> Are you kidding, man? I like it. To get through tonight and get what we got towards the end there? Come on. <laughs> what accent will we get next time? Oh, wait. Oh, no. To find out. Then it starts becoming an obligation and not a treat. <laughs> <laughs> now, children, if you really behave, Uncle Zulu might give us another accent. Uh, <laughs> amazing. Cool. Right, legends. Uh, Chat to you later. All right. Bye. 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 Chat. Goodbye.